Hey everybody, welcome to Empowerment Sessions with yours truly, Philip Super. Now this podcast is meant to empower the authentic version of you to impact the world around you like only you can. So before we get into our conversation, if you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button and also share with someone that you know. All right, ready? Let's go. Hey family, welcome to Empowerment Sessions. Today I want to start this conversation in reference to one word that I think is very valuable, very vital, very essential, very important. And that word is identity. As I look back and I examine where we are in reality, in our world, in our environment, in our cultures, one thing that is a pressing issue is to be identified in a way in which we feel for reasons that we may deem to be right or wrong as being. That now um, restrooms have changed based off of identity. Profiles, whether it's in LinkedIn or whether it's for your particular company, now offers people the ability to identify by pronouns, identity. And even in the political climate and culture, we have taken on such a very strong, passionate belief about how we identify politically, what party and what individuals' ideas that we identify with. Identity has not just recently become an issue, but it has always been an issue that has been transferred in terms of cultures throughout the history of the world and society. Um, identity. The Bible even says through the word of God, if my people who are called by my, by my name, my people who identify themselves by my name, if they would take the actions of humbling themselves and seeking my face and begin to pray and turn from their ways, then I in turn will hear from heaven identity. Not only that, but when you think about the civil rights movement, it is about identity to say that that who I am is not defined by the skin tone. It is not defined because I am not. But who I am is who I am. And so this I this culture, this this concept, this this. This conversation around identity is vital, and I, I, I actually believe that it will always be important. And so this is one topic that can never um, be redundant and overly repeated and overly communicated because it is it is something that every generation discovers that is important to them. Every generation has the, the propensity to find the language and the linguistics to define and communicate who they are what they stand for and what they believe. You know, I'm I'm in this conversation, Ruth comes to mind. If you are familiar with the Bible and the the story of Ruth, 
Um, everybody knows her from Ruth and Boaz and, and how this romance, this love, this redemption of her life as she experienced loss. Um, she experienced the loss of her husband. And the, and the, the Bible really starts this story off with Naomi having um, lost her husband and then her having had two sons and her two sons um, began to marry and and Ruth was one of the women that her sons had married and so when her sons had died it was the mother-in-law and her two her two daughter-in-laws and so they began to experience this transition and one daughter said I'm going to go back but Ruth said where you go Naomi I will go your people will be my people um, very poetic and very um, very meaningful a conversation and dialogue between them two but it gets to the point that they get to a certain place and and they they meet boaz and and we understand if you look at the context of it that boaz is a significant one and and he's 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 positioned and it's 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 amazing how they they collide their two worlds collide but there is a passage that i want to focus on for the simplicity of it and i want to deep dive into that in reference to our topic of identity it, it is a passage where Boaz he is um, he's he's eaten and he's drank and he's laying down and and there's a lot of culturally a uh, cultural context in this passage. But Ruth in, Ruth is instructed by Naomi at this period in time when he after he's eaten and after he's had his drink and he lays down. I want you to lay at his feet and he will give you instructions on what to do. And so in this, the Bible says that he does those things and at that moment. Ruth obeys and she lays at his feet. She uncovers his feet and she lays there. And Boaz wakes up in the middle of the night and he asks this question. And this is where we're going to put the pen and we're going to get to work. He says, listen to this, Ruth chapter three, verse nine. Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. I want to take that simple statement of her identity and work with that because I believe that knowing who we are is just the surface. Operating and owning who we are and then being able to articulate who we are is crucial. So I took down a couple of notes as it relates to identity, because what I love about this statement is that Ruth has been transitioned, just like many of us. Correction, all of us, we have transitioned through life. And this statement that Ruth makes when she's asked, who is she? She says, I am Ruth. I'm not defined and she's not defining herself as a widow, even though she's lost her husband. She is not defining herself as a transitioner because she's in the middle of transition. She's not um, describing herself by the experiences of her life, past, present. She's not defining herself by that, but she defines herself as Ruth. And the terminology, the order, I am Ruth. It reminds me when God speaks to Moses and he says, I want you to tell Pharaoh, 
who sent you because he's saying who who should i tell them when i come up with this and i gotta i gotta represent these people who am i supposed to say that you are and god says i want you to tell them that i am that i am and the significance of i am is that it is a statement a profound statement in which all the elements of our world and the universe it responds to that statement that when we say I am, whatever we say after the I am finds itself towards us. It gravitates to us. When we say I am depressed, I am poor, I am useless, I am worthless, the attributes in which we have spoken, they gravitate to us because we have released that into our world that that's who we are. And we've made a statement to say that that's who we are but Ruth does not does does not de define herself by the circumstances the environment nor the conditions of her current role she was gleaming in the field but she didn't define herself as a gleamer and you know what in the previous chapter you know Boaz asks about her who is this damsel they said and they begin to define her by her condition environment and her journey they begin to say that this <laughs> is the daughter-in-law of Naomi who's transitioned from another country but when Ruth begins to define herself she does not take on the same language of them she says I am Ruth thine handmaid and I think it's important for us to really find out who we are and in the definition of who we are that we don't cling to the seasons that we've experienced. We don't cling to the things in which we have find ourselves being able to own in terms of luxury and, and what we've bought and, and the homes and the cars and the business status, the social economical status. We, it's not right for us to define ourselves by the temporary placement that we hold in the seasons of our lives. Because when those seasons change, when those possessions change and when those temporary things that we have associated ourselves with change oftentimes we find it hard to define ourselves because we have used those loose things those temporary things to define ourselves and at the end of the day you are not the car that you drive we are not the accomplishments or the failures in which we have made we are who we are according to the purpose for which god has placed us here on this earth let's call abraham into the picture he was called abram initially the father of one although he had no children but it was in the revelation of his interaction with god that god began to bring about fullness you're not just the father of one you're the father of many nations through that one you will birth nations you are now abraham even though Abraham made some decisions that were not favorable, he was still the father of many nations. And so when you ask him who he is, I am Abraham. That's who I am. I am the father of many nations. I am the father of faith. I am the patriarch from which God is establishing a, a people, a great people, a great nation in the earth. And my question is, what are you tying to your identity that is not necessarily a depiction of who you are, but rather a simple attribute or a possession or something that you own? It's a temporary attachment to who you you are but it is not the definition of who you are what is that thing what is that relationship that you are using to define yourself what is that occupation that you are using to define yourself what are those accolades that you are using to define yourself you see most of the time 
when we look at athletes who have spent most of their lives on the field on the court and they've been superstars the moment that that season changes they have to redefine themselves but in reality they're not redefining themselves they are finding another attribute of who they are because all these years they have tapped into this one element, this one attribute of who they are. But now that the season has changed, they find themselves having to rediscover themselves. And in that rediscovery of who they are, they find another attribute of themselves in which now they can shine in another area. It is the same way with God himself. When we refer back to what God told Moses, I am that I am. But when we speak about God, we speak about him as God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. We speak about his attributes when we call him the various names in which the children of Israel gave to him based off of what he revealed himself to be at that moment. And they begin to say that he is my peace. He is my healer. Jehovah Shalom. Je Je they gave him all these different names that correlated to the attribute of who he was, but it was not the totality. And it is important for us to understand that who we are is not necessarily the simplicity of what we've done what we own what we possess and who we are associated with but it goes deeper than that she said i am ruth you know when i look at myself i say i am philip i am a leader that's who i am i am what are you how do you define yourself and what's important is is that not only in the statement that she made that she made that 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 clear that this is who i am she also here it is was able to articulate it don't 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 let it pass you by don't think of it as something that's so simple and that it's unimportant no she was able to articulate it are you able to articulate who you are without having to stumble without having to second guess it without having to think it that in a drop of a moment you can say who you are without any doubt about it without any confusion in your mind as to who you are are you able to communicate that in the darkest moments of your life to remind yourself of who you are are you even able to say it in the highest moments of your life where you can still walk in the humility because you know who you are and you don't have to be a big head and you don't have to um allow pride to come in because of your pumped up ego based off of what everybody else is saying about you and the vice versa good things but even with bad things that you don't have to pick yourself up because you've lost sight of who you are because people said negative things can you articulate to yourself who you are and can you articulate to others who you are with clarity and preciseness and here's another portion of that do you have the correct language to communicate who you are now this got me when i was thinking about it as i'm driving home from work because listen listen when you think about uh when you think about naomi and ruth um they were not just confined to one culture 
See, Ruth was born in one culture, married into another culture, and when she began to travel with Naomi and they began to travel to Judea, that she was exposed to another culture. And my question for you is, have you limited your linguistic ability to communicate because you have only been surrounded by one group of people, one group of mindsets and perspectives that have limited your language and your ability to communicate? And here is the one thing that I want you to understand. It's not just the ability to communicate but it's the ability to separate yourself from all the things that you normally would use to define who you are so that you can see who you are in essence. You see, Naomi and Ruth, see, they, 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 they've been processed through the season, through the territory of losing whether it was financially losing because they were no longer uh, supported anymore by their husbands because their husbands had passed and so their financial status had changed but it 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 was it was not them it was the status of the finances their relational uh status had changed because now they become widowed and see they they didn't have any children the the bible declares that they were traveling it was the three women so there was no offspring for them to care so they never claimed the title of being mothers but but naomi was a mother-in-law and so what is it what is it about being exposed being exposed to different environments and cultures and being able to travel and being able to interact with people that are not specifically like you that are different from you think different from you dress differently from you behave differently from you make more money differently from you you know have a different perspective different education different training from you what it does is that it it, it keeps you from limiting yourself to your experiences because now it broadens your perspective about life and now when you look at yourself you can look at yourself not just through the lens of where you grew up you can look at yourself now from the global perspective of where you stand in humanity you can look at yourself as where and define yourself not just as an individual for Compton not just somebody from the hood not just somebody that's that that was born rich now you look and you find out who you are what did what you your passions you begin to understand the things that make you who you are why is it that you think the way you think you feel the way you feel about certain things and certain things you don't feel as strong about why is it that you are easily able to communicate or why is it that you're a little bit more reserved you begin to find out things about yourself because now you're being exposed to a different environment and different environments will reveal different things about you that other environments wouldn't. I heard it said that God knows how to put you in the right environment that's going to pull out and unlock some things in you that otherwise would have remained locked because you weren't around the right people in search circumstances and situations that will pull on these different attributes of you. And here's my prayer for you. And here's the prayer, not just for you, but for myself, that God would show us so much who we are, that he would also begin to unlock the attributes of who we are. Because I believe that there were certain things, we are multidimensional beings. And so oftentimes we specialize in one thing. We do just one thing. But I believe that Jesus set a prime 
prime example for us. He was not just a healer. He was a restorer. He was a teacher. He was the Messiah. He was our redeemer. There were so many attributes to who he was, but yet he was Jesus, son of the living God. And we are the same way. We are multidimensional. And so in one environment, that one environment may pull on one aspect of us. But I want to challenge you as I am challenging myself that there is more. There is more to us than what we've seen. And sometimes moving from the commonality of the environments in which we've become accustomed to will also open us and awaken us to the various attributes and strengths and gifts and talents and virtues that have been lying within us dormant because no one has pulled on them. There hasn't been a need for them. There's been nothing to shake us out of the commonality and the and the familiarity of our thinking. And so here it is that Ruth has been transitioned from one season of her life to another. And it made it easy for her to say that I'm not a widow. No, that's not who I am. No, <laughs> I know that I'm beautiful, but that's not who I am. No, I, I know that I'm transitioning, but it's not who I am. I, I understand that my financial situations have changed, but it's not who I am. I am Ruth. And I believe that all the other terms that she would have used to define herself previously because she had been exposed to different seasons and different culture cultures and different people that it expanded her mind to not attach herself or limit herself or box herself in simply by the things that which she experienced but to understand that she herself makes the experience significant and you must understand that, that every experience in your life is significant because you're experiencing it. But here is the reality behind it, another truth behind it, that we often tend to cling on to seasons as um, as a part of our identity. But I don't want us to take the season as a part of our identity, but know that you are bigger than a season. You are bigger than a moment. And that with that, we must understand that the seasons that we so often attach ourselves to are temporary. They were not to define us, but they were more so to develop us. That we might know who we are, that we might activate who we are, that we might grow and mature in who we are. These seasons were meant to develop us in the definition of who we are. Finally, in articulating the language. The exposure gave her language. So I thought about this and I hope you don't get offended with these next comments that I'm about to make. But how do you communicate linguistically who you are? <laughs> are you the head Negro in charge or are you a leader amongst leaders? Are you the queen bee or are you a woman of distinction? What words come out of your mouth when you define who you are, whether casually <laughs> or in a business meeting? Do you tailor your words based on where you are? And there's no judgment here, but just an awakening that if our words release something into the atmosphere, why don't we tailor our words, get the language that will truly communicate 
the awesomeness of who we are. Here's the question. Sometimes we use the language that we're most familiar with that comes from the environment that we're more connected to when it comes to communicating linguistically who we are. <laughs> See, if everybody around you says stuff like, I'm the head, you know, Negro in charge, or I'm Queen B, or be this and be that, then, you know, we begin to take on that language. But challenge yourself to find a new word, new words to communicate who you are that will distinguish you from who you are. Out of all the women that were gleaming in the field, Ruth had the power of distinction by the way she identified herself. Because she believed that she was a distinctive woman, she carried herself in distinction. She made distinctive decisions. Like when she told Naomi, where you go, I'll go. Your family is my family. Your God is my God. Your people are my people. I'm, I'm with you, ma'am, and we're in this thing together. Here's a point. Sometimes in relationships, we are connected initially with a commonality that is temporary. But it doesn't mean that the relationship is temporary because in Ruth's next season, she needed the wisdom that Naomi provided. And I would suggest that Ruth knew from the beginning that there was a distinction about her. This is why she never left Naomi, even though the other sister-in-law did. This is why she persisted to glean. This is why she sought wisdom from Naomi because she knew that there was a distinction with her life and here it is that even though seasons ended her life continued that there was more and so as you listen to this podcast this is the beginning of 2022 I want you along with myself to intentionally find the language to define who we are and continuously articulated with clarity, regardless of the seasons, who we are. I am. I'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again for joining me in this discussion today, Empowerment Sessions. I really appreciate it. Hope that you did take the time to subscribe if you already haven't. And also, if you took a moment to share it. If you haven't, you still got time to do it. Now, listen, remember that this podcast is meant to empower the authentic version of you to impact the world around you like only you can. 
Now, you can follow me even after the podcast is over on Instagram at empowerment underscore sessions or at I am Philip Super. And even on Facebook, you can join the empowerment community as well. If you follow me on there with empowerment sessions page. All right. I look forward to adding you guys to the group and seeing your comments on how this podcast has really impacted you in a positive way. Until next time, remember, it's all about you being empowered to help the next generation.